the makers of human emotions. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin. Yes, It is March 11, 2016. My name is Joel Tillis, and you are listening to The Soul Trap. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in, to listen. Some of you have sent us messages. We always appreciate those. Try to get back to you as quick as we can. You can follow The Soul Trap on Facebook. You can certainly reach us and email us uh, through the website. But we are glad and thankful and happy to have you tuning in and to uh, be listening. Thank you so very much for listening. My interest in the UFO phenomenon, my interest in um, the paranormal, is not because I believe in little green men or I believe in specters or ghosts or uh, ghost hunters or all that kind of a silliness at all. My interest is purely as it relates to Scripture. For instance, I'll have somebody mention from time to time that, uh, you know, I believe in aliens. I do not believe in little green men, if that's what you mean by aliens. But I do believe in a spiritual dimension that manifests itself and a collective dimensional perception that may possibly be tied into the UFO phenomenon. What I'm saying is, is that I believe that there is something beyond the veil. And that's not just my personal belief. In a tremendous book called Messengers of Deception, UFO Contacts and Cults, Jacques Vallée made the following statement, quote, Why is it, I wonder, that the occupants of UFOs behave so much like the denizens of fairy tales and the elves of ancient folklore? In other words, what he was saying is, is that when you do honest research into UFO phenomenon, and when, for that matter, you do honest research in other paranormal activity and even conspiratorial activity, you find a profound, profound spiritual dimension. And Valet is not the only one. Probably one of the most profound secular books on the spirit world was a book written by Dr. Rick Straussman called DMT, His Research into the Spirit Molecule. Now, I'm not going to get into the nuances of what the spiritual the spirit molecule is and the DNA and his studies into the brain, but let me simply give you a couple quotes from a man who is not a Christian and a man who has not considered himself to be, quote-unquote, spiritual. He said, quote, A spirit molecule also leads us to spiritual realms. These worlds usually are invisible to us and are instruments and are not accessible using our normal state of consciousness. However, just as likely as the theory that these worlds exist only in our minds, is that they are in reality outside of us and freestanding. If we simply change our brain's receiving abilities, we can apprehend and interact with them. That's what I'm getting at. I don't believe in little green men. I don't believe that somebody is from planet reticular or from Martians or that kind of thing like that. But I do believe that there is a veil that separates us from the spirit world. However, I believe that the spirit world is real. Not different, not different, but real. Now, mostly the powers of darkness seek to stay hidden. They're not near as showy as we are led to believe by watching horror movies. The powers of darkness often seek to stay hidden, but occasionally... There is a light that is 
brought to bear on them. And I'm not just talking about the light of Scripture. Every once in a while, you'll come across a news story. Every once in a while, you'll come across an event. And to the perceptive, to the Bible believer, to the spiritual in mind and judgment, there seems to be a little bit of light shining on a dark and terrifying world. Such is the world that Kyle Odom found himself lost in. I'm going to read directly from a Washington Post article that I think tells the story the best, written by Michael E. Miller, posted March 9th. On Tuesday evening, as tourists snapped photos in front of the White House, a young man with blonde hair and blue eyes approached the black iron fence of the White House. Kyle Odom wasn't there to take pictures, though. He was there to deliver a message to the president. A Secret Service agent spotted Odom tossing something over the fence and approached him. When the agent ran his name through a law enforcement database, a red flag popped up. An arrest warrant was issued just two days earlier on the other side of the country. The charge? Attempted murder. When Secret Service agents unwittingly stopped Odom, the 30-year-old was the only suspect in the shooting of an evangelical pastor in Quarter Lane, Idaho, the previous Sunday. According to authorities, Odom had ambushed Tim Remington in his church parking lot, shooting the popular pastor in the head and back before he vanished. Remington, who survived the point-blank shooting in what one church member called a miracle, had appeared a day earlier with Senator Ted Cruz at an event hosted by his presidential campaign. That led to speculation that the shooting was politically motivated. But Kyle Odom's manifesto suggests that the shooting, if he did it, was something else entirely. It was the act of an unraveling mind. The 21-page manifesto, which authorities say Odom sent to his parents, as well as several Idaho television stations, is a window into what he was thinking. And let me simply say that what we're about to enter into is not the window, we're not about to go through the window of a madman. And I believe that you and I are about to go and enter into the world of a man demon-possessed. I continue with the article. According to Quarter Lane Police, Odom has a history of mental illness. In his manifesto, he outlined his path to Sunday's shooting in clear but increasingly paranoid prose. He admitted to plotting to shoot Remington. He also claimed that the pastor was part of a vast alien conspiracy to enslave the human race, a conspiracy that Odom believed extended to Congress. Quote, My last resort was to take action to bring this to the public's attention. Odom wrote in the manifesto, I hope that something good comes of it. Just realize that I am a good person and I'm completely innocent. Also realize that the, quote, people I killed are not what you think they are. The manifesto opens with the question on the minds of many Americans. Who is Kyle Odom? Born and raised in North Idaho, Odom wrote, Grew up in a loving family, joined the Marine Corps after high school, developed an interest in science, went to school for a degree in biochemistry, won numerous scholarships and awards, graduated magna cum laude, then invited to prestigious university to work on genetics. Check my personal documents, Odom continued. 
as you can see, I'm pretty smart. I'm also 100% sane, 0% crazy. But the documents Odom sent to local media reveal an intense and dangerous paranoia, as well as obsession over, quote, hypersexual, mind-controlling Martians. Now, when you hear that phrase, it's almost comical, right? Hypersexual, mind-controlled Martians. But, but distill it to its basic common denominator. Hypersexual, mind-controlling Martians. Sex, control, non-human. Everything started while I was at University of Idaho, Odom wrote. Spring 2014 was my final semester and was taking a heavy, I was taking a heavy course load. I was very stressed due to the intensity of my schedule, so I searched for a way to cope. I discovered meditation, which seemed to help, so it became a part of my daily routine. As I learned more about meditation, I became interested in consciousness and our ability to affect it. I kept working on my meditation technique and began achieving extreme states of consciousness. One night in February 2014, Odom was meditating when he said that he had an out-of-body experience. I entered a space that was completely dark and had no awareness of my physical boundaries or orientation, he wrote. I felt very peaceful there until a blue light began to approach me. As the blue light got closer, I realized it was another being. When Odom woke, he had tears in his eyes, according to his manifesto. At first, the alleged alien encounter seemed like a blessing for Odom. The remainder of the semester became exceedingly easy for me, he wrote. It felt like I had tapped into some kind of power. I was exerting no mental effort, even though the classes had been extremely difficult before. But Odom's close encounter would prove to be the beginning of his nightmare. Odom accepted an offer at, from Baylor College of Medicine in Houston to work on a Ph.D. in human genetics. But he quickly dropped out because the work was too easy, thanks to his alien awakening, he wrote. The day after I decided to leave, my life became a living hell, Odom wrote. He couldn't sleep. After a few days, aliens posing as classmates tried to provoke him to become the next school shooter, he wrote. So he left Texas and returned to his hometown of Coeur d'Alene. Notice that phrase, aliens posing as classmates. We make an assumption that angels look non-human. But according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, Hebrews chapter number 13, Genesis chapter number 18, Judges, uh, when you look, the Bible is very, very clear that angels appear very human and can even deceive us. I find that line fascinating. Aliens posing as classmates. So he left Texas and returned to his hometown of Quarter Lane. This is where the story gets weird, he wrote. On a flight home after a job interview, Odom began to suspect that strangers were sending him secret messages. Newspaper headlines had hidden meanings. It was blatantly obvious they were doing something to me, but I didn't know what he wrote. I had applied to several government agencies before this happened, so I thought it might be their way of contacting me. Back in Idaho, a friendly text message would put a beloved local pastor in Odom's path. In Quarter Lane, Odom received a text message from John Padula, the Altar Church's outreach pastor, inviting him to attend service, he wrote. When Odom first went to the church, though, something felt very wrong, he wrote. 
I felt as if my life were in danger and I became so uncomfortable I had to leave. Odin began receiving text messages from Remington, but he saw them as something more menacing. At first, they were innocuous Bible messages, but then he started threatening me, Odom wrote. It would be interesting to find out what he means. Does he mean that the pastor started threatening him, or the being within him started threatening him? Or could it have been that the being in him felt threatened by the word of God that the pastor was giving to him? Very interesting line there. At first they were innocuous Bible messages, but then he started threatening me. He sent messages talking about, quote, their power and other things. He did all of this through Bible verses so it would not look suspicious. When Remington allegedly sent Odom a text reading angels, the Marine veteran saw helicopters flying around his house. At this point, I knew I was in trouble. Odom then began to experience strange sexual feelings. It felt like someone was manually pumping blood into my private parts. He would hear suggestive songs inside his head, he wrote. Soon the songs gave way to a voice telling him that he was going to be sacrificed like Jesus and get beheaded. Interesting there, on a side note, how often beheading is connected with extreme demonic power. What did they do to John the Baptist under Herod? Beheaded. What did they do towards the end of Rome and its power? Beheading. What did they do during the French Revolution? The guillotine. Beheading. What do the Muslims do? Beheading. What does the book of Revelation talk about the martyrs in the, in the tribulation time? Beheading. Soon the songs gave way to a voice telling him that he was going to be sacrificed like Jesus and get beheaded. When a man knocked on his door with a religious pamphlet, Odin became completely delirious and thought for sure I was going to die. He bought a one-way ticket to see his family in Albuquerque, and he said he thought the man next to him on the flight was reading his mind. At the baggage claim, Odin believed he was surrounded by aliens whom he could detect by their constant sniffing. The sniff is something they do all the time, he wrote. I think it has to do with dominance. <laughs> Odom thought he saw the aliens everywhere. They disguised themselves as humans, but really looked like giant green frogs. As time went on, they started coaxing me to go outside alone, he wrote. I was scared to death they would kill me, so I refused. Eventually, they threatened to harm my family, which caused me to give in to them. I told them I would do whatever they want if they left my family alone. They responded by saying, go to church. I knew they meant the altar, so I agreed to go back to go when I got back. At the altar, Odom smelled something like a reptile and vinegar. He wrote, I realized that whoever I was dealing with was extraterrestrial. So I became very scared. At times, Odom's manifesto appears to acknowledge that he is delusional. Quote, I begin to hear voices more often, and I begin to hallucinate things that I knew weren't real, he wrote. But he blames the voices and visions not on his own mind, but on telepathic aliens. So what he's saying is that the aliens are able to project certain visions and things into his mind ties in with much of what we have talked about when it comes to UFOs. Part of his alien obsession appears to have been sexual. They also started playing with me sexually, he wrote of his Martian tormentors, who he labeled, quote, hypersexual. 
both the males and females, would play out their sexual fantasies in my mind. Once in a grocery bakery, Odin believed he was surrounded by a bunch of old men who were actually aliens. They started stimulating him and ordering him to perform sexual favors, he wrote. Odin's tormenting visions caused him to attempt suicide twice, he said in his manifesto. I filled a charcoal grill with lit coals, put it in my car, and rolled up the windows. I reclined my seat, laid there calmly, and then fell asleep. But the aliens didn't allow him to die, I, uh, Odom wrote. They woke me up in an extreme panic, which caused me to get out of the car. According to his manifesto, Odom then checked himself into the local Veterans Affairs Hospital. A VA spokesman was not available Tuesday night to confirm whether Odom received treatment at the center. After leaving the hospital, Odom returned to the altar church where he eventually found himself face-to-face with Pastor Remington. It's unclear whether Odom actually met with Remington, who emerged from coma Monday, and has not spoken publicly of the shooting. In Odom's manifesto, however, the Marine veteran described sitting down with the pastor sometime around August last year. We were in mid-conversation when he suddenly revealed himself to me, Odom wrote. I have no clue how he did it, but it looked as if his human face became his real face. His eyes were huge and bulging, the eyelids were darker green, and the irises were yellow-brown with slit pupils. Odom thought the church was going to turn him into a sex slave, he wrote, but when that didn't happen, he left and didn't return, allegedly, until the shooting Sunday. On a side note, it would be very interesting on your own time to Google the picture that he drew of the demonic alien that he mistook the pastor for. For a while, it appears as if his nightmare might be ending. He returned to school, studying pharmacology at North Idaho College, he said. I begin slowly to recover. Unfortunately, they followed me to school. There were several of them in every class I took. They made it impossible for me to study, and they continually harassed me, especially while I took tests. Odom wrote that he was targeted because of his knowledge of genetics and because the aliens had a hard time of controlling his mind. I was too smart for my own good, so they decided to remove me from society, he wrote. They were worried I might change the way other people think, which could lead to problems, problems in the form of a scientific revolution. After trying to kill himself twice, Odom felt that his only option was to go after the aliens. My life was ruined, he explained, ruined by an intelligent species of amphibian humanoid from Mars. Now, on a side note, as I've said all along, I don't believe that there is an alien race on Mars. But if you look around the throne of God, you'll find one particular class of animal not represented by the cherubim, the amphibian reptilian. The manifesto doesn't discuss why exactly Odom allegedly went after Pastor Remington, only that Remington and Padula were supposedly aliens or the aliens' puppets. But the manifesto helps explain why Odom traveled to Washington after the shooting and tried to communicate with the president. The manifesto suggests that Odom traveled to Washington to deliver a message to Obama. Part of his letter is addressed to the president, quote, I want to thank you for your sacrifice to this country, it begins, before suggesting that the president is controlled by aliens. 
They brag to me about what they do to you, Odom wrote. I hope you stop letting them humiliate you. It's time someone took a stand to end this nonsense. Can you think of a better legacy than that? The manifesto also includes a list of noteworthy Martians. On the list are 50 members of Congress belonging to both parties, as well as roughly three dozen members of the Israeli leadership, including every single prime minister since 1948. This is by no means an all-inclusive list, Odom wrote. Martians are ubiquitous. They exist at every level of society in every nation. Some have blue-collar jobs while others occupy positions of power. They control our government, our military, and corporate America as well. They keep track of every wild human on the planet and manage us like animals in a zoo. Our freedom is a carefully crafted illusion. It's unclear what Odom was trying to deliver to Obama when he was arrested Tuesday night, although it could have been flash drives with his manifesto on them, similar to those he sent to his parents and Idaho media. White, the Quarter Lane police chief, said the manifesto had definitely played a part in raising our awareness and concern about Odom as a fugitive. He said that authorities were stumped about where Adam Odom had gone until he emerged on social media Tuesday. Things are not what they appear to be. The world is ruled by an ancient civilization from Mars. Pastor Tim was one of them, and he was the reason my life was ruined, Odom wrote in a Facebook post, changing his profile to a picture of an alien. I will be sharing my story with as many people as possible, I don't have time right now. They are chasing me. I shot Pastor Tim 12 times, he said. There is no way any human could have survived that event. Anyway, I have sent my story to all the major news organizations. I have no time. I have to go. He was arrested just a few hours after that post. I urge you, to print the Washington Post story out and with a highlighter in hand read the things that connect to the spiritual world. He may use terms like Martians rather than demons but read that story and tell me what what you think. The easy way well, the easy way is to dismiss him as crazy. And that might be legitimate. One begs the question, what's happening in our military? Why is our military suicide rate so high? What is going on in the shadows and crevices of our military that our men are coming out as dysfunctional, as broken psychologically as they are? But the easiest way is simply to say, well, look, the guy's crazy, and crazy happens. The wrong way is to accept everything outright, to say he's 100% true and he's not crazy. That would be wrong. You would be crazy. No, the easy way is to say it's <laughs> nonsense. None of it is true. The wrong way would be to say it's gospel. All of it is true. The terrifying way? 
Well, the terrifying way is to realize there is something to this story. There is something real that this young man encountered through meditation, through whatever means, and he will never go back to the way he was. The terrifying thing is that he opened a doorway into a world he was neither prepared nor equipped to face. And his life is forever altered. We pray, not his eternity. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff out there is explainable. Some of the lights are military. Some of the lights are wishful thinking. Some of the lights and signs that we see in the sky are explainable. Some of the paranormal events are explainable. There's the the regular explainable. Yeah, I get it. But you and I, as believers, better beware. This man, this young Marine, ran face first into a world that the Apostle Paul warned you and I about. A world of spiritual darkness, of wickedness in high places. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, it is vital, day by day by day, that we take unto us the full armor of God. So, the next time you're standing in line at Publix or Walmart, or cash and carry, the next time you're standing in line anywhere and you hear somebody You might want to look real close into their eyes and wonder what is behind the veil.